0: if it wasn't discrimination and you have the nerve no no no. you have the nerve to sit there on your high horse and preach to these bottom feeding dwellers who sit in the chat room like alliance blog who's been doing this for over a decade still only got two thousand followers yeah i see you're a jabroni and a ham sandwich and i don't want to hear from you ever again about what the NWA is supposed to do. This is what pro wrestling is supposed to be. This is what the NWA is supposed to be. No, no, no. You don't tell anyone what the NWA is supposed to be. And you certainly don't lecture me about what the NWA is supposed to be. I made the NWA.
1: And now, our feature presentation.
2: The best in the world is right here, right now. Whether you like it or don't like it, pal, Learn to love
0: it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome.
2: All
1: right, listen up.
0: Now it's our time to step forward. It's time to bring the N.W.E.
1: back into the spotlight.
0: M-W-A! 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 I was thinking that it might be a good idea if you and I formed an alliance. Uh,
2: let's get ready to. Run.
0: Greatest wrestling program in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Stop what you're doing
1: and listen.
2: It's the Alliance Guys Podcast with your hosts Kevin Frazier, DKM, and JCAP.
1: What is up, ladies and gentlemen? This is the Alliance Guys Podcast, a presentation of Alliance Wrestling.com, your number one source for news and information for the National Wrestling Alliance. My name is J-Cow, the king of ham sandwiches and the, the world's greatest j Brown. And with me are two gentlemen who are not j Browns. not at all. No, no, no. We have DKM in a fancy top hat. And, of course, your former World's Junior Heavyweight Championship, Kevin Lee Frazier. Welcome to the show, fellas. How you doing?
2: Outstanding. DK, how are you, brother? Oh, just look at me.
0: I'm obviously top of the class. <laughs> Goodness.
1: I was waiting for him to cut oh, one man. of those promos like, I'm better than you've ever been. <laughs> Before yeah, the show the goes, I,
2: I was trying to talk about how excited I was about my new ball cap, my Rangers. DK says, yeah, well, my hat's better. And then he put the top hat on. I said, okay, topper story topper. You know that guy that's always got to top everything you say. That's, that's right. That's the right I, now.
0: I just happen to, you know, be Ooh. the top.
2: Actually, if, if, if. I disagree. I just think Jay topped us both with that t-shirt. Yeah!
1: I had to pick that one Come up on. when I saw the Pope wearing it. Good God, a dream match. That is actually a dream match I would pay for. If they announced that match on the card... And nothing else. I would put down my money for that. Uh, what, what do you guys think? I, I know we're getting off topic here. I know we're supposed to be talking about this great episode of Power, but what did you guys think of? Uh, what do you guys think of that idea of a match, that dream match? Go
2: ahead, Devin.
0: Well, unfortunately, he us up for me, so I have no idea what he said.
2: Well, he was asking what we what we thought about the dream match between Nick Aldis and the Pope
0: well I think I've pretty much said since back when they were doing some show called Primetime Live and that it was a match I wanted to see so it's a match I want to see more than the main event they're giving us which I have nothing against but I'd much rather see Pope Aldis
1: same
2: and, and might I interject here? Please do. I said it season one. Then I said it season two. You better give us these matches while you can because you never know who's going to get offered a contract and be gone. NWA dropped the ball with uh, Sean Rickard, Eli Drake drop Hang on, hold on, hang on. Can you see all my fingers on the thing? Dropped the ball. <laughs> now, because now you got this guy on lot like at the, on the top show in wrestling, and you you could have had a run with that. Instead, typical, typical. I, I I'll call it Dusty Booking or something. Because I used to see his stuff in WCW all the time, where they would like. Sit there and and force the top babyfaces away from main marquee matches. And I just I just I don't know I, I don't you know maybe maybe the world champs insecure. You think? I mean maybe may, maybe Nick Aldis on a shoot is a little bit insecure, and maybe he's angling himself not to wrestle these guys. Maybe that's why he's angling to wrestle Trevor Murdoch. Because the fact is, is that since we've had of the top talent that's been in there, he's never gotten in the ring with the top talent in his own promotion. I've never seen him in the ring with uh, my, my boy Latimer. Didn't get to see him in the ring with Eli Drake. And you know what? You want to carry a belt that Ric Flair carried. Ric Flair never had a problem getting in the ring with the top guys.
1: There was uh, some, somebody today, actually it was Ric Flair today, posted on Twitter his, his schedule from back in 1983, and he was literally wrestling about uh, 300 days a year. You know, it was just an insane amount of schedule, and most of those matches were title matches, and, you know, I had someone actually say, you know, yeah, I mean, less is more, and I'm thinking, why? Why is less more? Less isn't more. Less is less. More is more. And when you've got a guy like Ric Flair who's wrestling 300 days a year and let's say 280 title matches, I don't care if they're all against the same guy. If he's wrestling 280 NWA World Heavyweight Championship matches versus a guy who does maybe 13 in a year, that's not the same. Those two things don't equate. And when you say that Nick Aldis might be afraid to wrestle some stars, I mean, if you look at his lineage, if you look at his last... 900 days as champion. Who has he beat? He beat Cody to win the title. He beat Tim Storm to win the title. He had a great match with Brian Cage. He had a good match with Dirty Money. He had some good matches with a lot of, you know, I say a lot. Let's not say a lot. Jake Hagger. Okay, that's a good match. Jake Hagger never wore the WWF World Championship or WWE World Championship. Uh, you know, as much as I like Bad New Tito.
0: Oh, 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 hold on. Go ahead. he never wore the WWE championship. He did hold the World Heavyweight title. You got gold. me.
1: Okay, you got me. You got me. I was I was going on my tire. but nevertheless, you know, steel sharpens steel. Kevin, can you correct me on that? I mean, you've been in the ring. You've been in the ring with well, Daniel Bryan. You've been in the ring with some of the best wrestlers in the world. D- doesn't that make you a better wrestler?
2: So so to me, and we'll talk about this later when we talk about Thunder Rosa and Camille. To me, I felt like, and I still feel like, that as a, if you want to be a great wrestler, you want to give the fans the best matches you can give them. That, that is what wrestling ultimately is about you create a story you you create interest and win or lose draw or dusty finish ultimately you want the people to get a good match like a match that they like got invested in that they ood and odd and ah and yeah like like that they reacted and that, that they're gonna remember and you know i'm just being honest like I've seen enough matches from the NWA that there's some times where I've seen the booking be an issue, but I've also seen where the wrestlers had the opportunity, they were given the chance, and they somewhat just under-delivered, and to me, like you're you're talking about with Nick Aldis, I would want to be fighting the best guys, because newsflash. Eli Drake chances of him actually winning the title were really slim probably did not it's not the point the point is i want to see the top two heavyweights in the company go toe to toe i want to see him wrestle and i want to see him wrestle more than once and again i know devin probably thinks you know you need to build more and, and and i can't i'm not trying to knock on you devin i don't disagree either but i just think in a time where you only got so much airtime you need to devote that airtime to matches that people will remember.
0: Well, you got to have a little bit of both. I mean, one of the things we pointed out was that, you know, we looked at the end of the tag team. They've been featured twice, they've been featured twice in competitive matches. They've lost both matches, one with a little bit of controversy, but when Bush comes to shove they've lost so how much interest am I going to have in it? okay now there's building a story like building t- towards a pay-per-view match which we're going to talk about a little bit later more about with uh, Murdoch and uh you know i feel there was a blown opportunity to make murdoch the type of challenger that you'd want to see your world champion go against in a big match and then just defending the title as a course of you're the champion you know when rick flair came into dallas you know he had the big matches on the big cards with the von erics but, you know, he'd come in. He'd defend against Terry Gordy. He'd defend against Chris Adams, Gino Hernandez. Uh, Harley Rice came in, defending against uh, Ice Man King Parsons. You know, not not everything has to be a big, beautiful build. Some of it's just a world title match. And, and,
2: and I think we agree on that. Go ahead. It, sorry.
0: Yeah, and so, but to me, what they're missing is that there is a build. For your big show and then your world title matches, they sort of did a build for this pay per view. Sort of, I don't know that they executed it right.
1: I and we're going to get to the card in just a minute, guys. Or, excuse me, we're going to get to power in just a minute. We this was unscripted, just kind of happened organically. So we're just talking about it. Um, you, you know, the build that they gave us for for. The, this match uh, at when shadow when our shadows fall, um, you know they could have taken many different routes to get us here, and and that's something we were saying before the show started. Is that uh, just because I wanted it to happen a certain way, or just because DK wanted it to happen a certain way? It doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to happen, and we we don't we don't necessarily hold that against the NWA as long as the story is compelling, as long as it's good that battle royal had a feel-good moment but it felt very forced at least for me and and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes but um i do want to say what's up to everyone in the in the crowd there in the in the gallery our rogues gallery you guys definitely make this show um so fun so interesting you can see kevin you could see dkm and even myself we're sitting there typing away because we want to connect with you guys and uh, so I want to give shout outs to our regulars and some new faces. We got Chris Drummond's in the house. Lamb is in the house. Dr. Dave Scooby's here. Uh, I see Sean Megas here. Uh, Chris Johnson, who's, who hasn't been in and around for a while. I always like seeing Chris on the show. So I just want to say sh- say thank you. Oh, Woodland Goblin's here. I want to say thank you guys for being here, joining us on this Thursday night. I know there's a hundred different things you could do and spend your time with, and the fact that you spend it with us, uh, I greatly appreciate it. So, uh, with that being said, you guys, you want to talk about the card? Can we talk about the show? Let's do it. <laughs> sure. Woodland Goblin just called DKM Slash. I just wanted to point that out real quick.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no cigarette, no guitar solo, but he's got the hat. <laughs> So I like this The show starts off And we see a new face that we haven't ever seen before Because I mean This is the only way that the TV title should be presented Right? This is the only way that the TV title To me should look But the Pope brings out A very nice looking NWA television title with a white leather Belt And I want to get you guys' opinions on that uh, right away Because I know I know, DKM is a, is a belt collector He's a belt guy I want to go to you first DK the gold, the red, on white leather. What were your thoughts? Uh,
0: I've never been a fan of white leather. Just, I mean, I'm just not. It kind of wears and gets dirty quickly, and everything. So, I'm not the biggest fan. Obviously, it should be on red. That's the way it's supposed to be. Although one of the reasons they didn't keep it on red and change it to black one of the times they changed out the belts is because even the red gets worn down pretty quickly. Sure. So. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I understand the, the throwbacks that they've done with the other belts. But the other belts, at least they had freshly made by a quality belt maker. Uh, this is a good boot belt, I suppose, you know. I wish they'd Found a way to kind of did like to do with the National Tower where they took an old design but kind of redid it and, uh, you know, let belt fan Dan uh, take a crack at
1: it. Yeah, that would have been a nice. Dan does a great job.
0: And I don't own any belts by him. I'm kind of sad, but I I have to save up money to do that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, those aren't cheap. Kev was. Kev, what did you With think of the white? Heart, back? High quality is not cheap.
2: My turn. Yes, sir. Um. Well, obviously Devin is using terms about belts that I don't even know, <laughs> so, um, which is cool. Like, you know, what's funny is that this is one of the things I love about wrestling. Wrestling, wrestling fans, just wrestling is like. You have people that are obsessed with wrestling rings, <laughs> like, you know, like. So it's kind of cool that like DK is a belt collector. He knows about that kind of stuff, and it's something that actually, I just think that's cool. I I I really do. Um, Don't do I that. was a belt collector myself, just a different kind of belt collector. Um, unfortunately, all the belts I collected. Uh, i either lost or retired and uh, the promoters kept all of them and dk actually owns one of them now um, but i i love the belt I, I i like the white leather because it reminds me of the white intercontinental championship which was probably one of my favorite times of being a wrestling fan uh, i i think it's a good look i mean it makes the belt look different i think it's Again, I, I is it is it a big thing? I don't know, uh, but hey, here's one thing I do like: they did a little something extra for Pope, and that's a good sign. That's taking care of your guys. Do you guys? So even- I, I like it, Pope. I'm sorry to then I'll finish my thought and then go ahead. But I like that maybe when we think of the white national title, we'll think of Pope, and I like that thought. TV title. TV
1: title. do you guys remember when Zicky dice was teasing a pink backed uh television title that would have been kind of oh, cool yeah. too I, I think I think the Pope actually went out on his own and got this made I don't think this was provided by the NWA but uh all that being said I I kind of like it so you got two who are good with it and one that says negative right <laughs> what does that yeah, mean I DJ? like it
2: where we at
1: i don't know devin just went quiet what what you want me to say oh okay moving
2: right along uh next we get smoldering right he's he's smoldering right now jay Uh, he is (laughs) he's learning something from the from the modern day hero he's learning how to smolder baby huh hang on wait a minute time out you guys need to smolder real quick do the guys in the chat need to smolder i mean uh sure sure. do it all right All right, there you go, guys. The price of admission paid. <laughs>
1: okay, so up next, uh, we get the Kratos Stevens interview that we've all been waiting for um, with Kyle Davis. Now, Kyle Davis has been doing a phenomenal job at that podium. I, I really think, uh, you know, I miss Dave Marquez. I thought Dave did a great job, but Kyle Davis has stepped right in. And uh, at least in terms of quality, we're not really missing a whole lot. And that's not a shot at Dave. I just really think Kyle has come into his own at, in this role. And um, you know, he he says that there's some noticeable dissension between the two. And how can they survive? And and Stevens answers the best way possible. Pats the belt and says, "This is how we survive. We're still champions." Now, granted, this is tonight's their first defense, but I still think that was a pretty solid answer because. You know, they're champions until they're not. doesn't matter if they like each other. doesn't matter if they go out fishing on the weekends. The bottom line is they still have the tag team titles. And that didn't change tonight when they faced the War Kings. But just promo-wise, DK, what did you think of it? Or, sorry, sorry, we'll go with Kevin. Kevin, what did you think of the promo?
2: I liked it. I, I thought they told a pretty decent story. I felt like they actually covered some ground between them, which I they haven't covered a lot of ground. In terms of just their relationship, aside from like assumptions, I feel like the announcers have told more of a story about what's happening with Kratos and Stevens than Kratos and Stevens have. So it was good. Um, again, every week, I want, I want my old Aaron Stevens back, man. Give me, give me back the gee. Give me back him shooting on me on Twitter, like. I'm mourning the loss of, of of a wrestling character I didn't know that I liked as much as I did.
0: D-K. Uh Why wasn't this on week one? Woo! Fire! I mean, it, I mean, it was good to establish the line, establish the story between them. So, uh, this should have been back on week one. That's it. I mean, it was <laughs> That's good. like the point but of the was, night
2: right there. How do you I talk that?
1: <laughs> it was good. Why did not you start this play? Hey, hey, hey Kevin, did he really shoot on you, man? Did, did that really happen?
2: Uh, no, I mean, shoot is a is a is a I mean, I meant that tongue in cheek. Okay. He respond he gave me like he trash talked me uh on Twitter, but it was it felt like he was, you know, Aaron Stevens trash talking me. I, I I take social media as a work. Um, even when I, you know, like last week I was I was taking shots at Nick Aldis And that's a work um, I never Truly mean to disrespect anybody If I'm going to disrespect a person Or I have something, I, it's going to be Man to man, face to face um, So I don't ever take anything like that Personal online But I, I it, felt like, it felt like Aaron Stevens Like the character Aaron Stevens um, But I can't imagine him saying something like that Now Makes me makes my t- tear come to my eye.
1: Real quick, I just want to. Hey, real quick, I just want to oh. remind everyone the uh, the ham sandwich shirts are still available for a limited time twenty dollars, and uh, you can help uh, help support uh, this podcast. Actually, we're going to be doing a we're donating the proceeds from the t shirt sales to the uh, uh, J R D F the juvenile something or other diabetic foundation. And if you guys want to make a purchase, go right ahead and uh, it'll help support a good cause. Sorry. I just want to plug that in there real quick.
0: Hey, explain why that's your cause. What's that? Explain why that's your cause.
1: Oh, well, yes. Uh, We talked a little bit about this at the pre-party, but real quick, I'm going to say it again. Uh, Last year, right before the pandemic hit, my seven year old, now eight year old daughter uh, was diagnosed with type one diabetes. And uh, it is a genetic uh, abnormality. It is uh, basically your pancreas uh, fails to function. Um, anything connected to diet or anything else, it just her pancreas stopped working. And it's hereditary. My grandfather actually died from this. My half sister has it. And, uh, and, and so my daughter also has it. It's a struggle every day. And we will be doing a walk, I think it's in October, um, where we're going to be walking to help raise funds for the uh, uh, type one diabetic research in hopes that they find a cure. You know, it's something that uh, probably won't happen in my lifetime and honestly probably won't happen in my daughter's lifetime, but we're hoping that, uh, you know, that the science keeps moving forward and that, you know, someday an eight year old girl doesn't need to receive three shots of insulin before every meal and a shot of insulin before she goes to bed every night. So if you guys feel so inclined, Uh, please uh, make a donation by purchasing a t-shirt, or uh, soon we'll have uh, donation links for our walk to help end type 1 diabetes.
2: That's philanthropy at its finest right there, baby. Get some of those t-shirts. Let's help a good cause.
1: Yeah, I mean, those t-shirts were never about the money. Guys, like, that was for fun. And the fact that so many of you guys jumped on board and, you know, enjoyed that, like, I just want to give that money to a good cause and so anyways, uh, sorry for the interruption. We'll go back to your regularly scheduled program now. Uh, <laughs> so we were talking about this, uh, the moment in time where this promo made so much sense. It should have happened on the very first episode. And I interrupted you, Kevin. So let's get back to that.
2: No, I just was, I thought, I thought DK made a great point. Like, is the first time we've had them actually, like, develop their own storyline together. So yeah, it was a little bit of a head scratcher, um, but it wasn't bad. I, I, it's not something I'm I, I want to harp on or anything. It's not something that made the show worse or better. I just miss my older Aaron Stevens. Yeah, just take me back. Mm. <laughs> and that brings <sighs> us to the uh, that
1: brings us to the first match of the night, uh, where War Kings, who won the um, the qualifying match, the number one contender match against. Uh, the the end Odinson and Pero uh, the week before get their match and this is the first time since October of 2020 that the tag team titles are on the line so there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, uh, palpable tension in the air if you will because we're finally getting these titles being defended and we finally get Kratos and Stevens in a tag team title match which had been failed to happen you know, until their uh, their match with Marche, Rocket, and Fred Rosser the week before. So, this was all good stuff. I mean, the match is... Uh the, you know, one thing that I point want to point out is Joe Galley said that uh, the War Kings have been so dominant, and I'm thinking to myself, well, they actually have only won one match in the NWA since before the Croc or since the Crockett Cup, so I don't know how dominant they are, but we did get a haas fight between Kratos and Jack Stane, which I really like. I think Kevin will appreciate that too, two big heavyweights going at it. And uh, at one point the Pope uh, flubs and calls Kratos Jack Stane. When he did that standing stall uh, suplex, but uh, we'll go he,
2: to, he also he also called him the uh, the war. What did he, he called him the like another the wrong name. The too. WWE the,
1: tag team, the War Raiders, or something like that. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. War machine.
1: War machines. That's right. So all in all, I thought it was a really uh, a really good match for both teams. I mean, obviously didn't have the end results that uh, I think most of us were hoping for. I could have done without the uh the interference. But uh DK, I mean, I know you love tag team wrestling. What did you think about this match? What did you think about the finish?
0: Oh. Well, let's not bring up the finish yet. Okay. Uh I really enjoyed the match. Big men doing big men things. Big men beating each other. I mean, uh, that's wrestling there. Uh Scott, mm. yeah. No, I mean, it was it was good it was competitive uh jack stein had the same spot where he fell and hit his head on the apron but this time he stayed standing so we will get back <laughs> into the ring so i don't uh i don't know why he was knocked out so hard the first time but this time he handled it like they normally do uh you know it was en- it was enjoyable and even we talked about this last time tone down a little bit the dissension between Stevens and Kratos they need to be an effective team most of the time with small things you know kind of getting like the end when Kratos just keeps beating people or whatever Uh, outside of that yeah, I liked it. You can all four men obviously have talent. That's that's the most impressive uh, impress I've been with Kratos. You know, actually, so I think I said last week that you know he just wasn't doing it for me. This time, you know, he kind of he kind of did. He he held his own, and I was happy.
1: Can I say one yeah. thing? Can I say one thing real quick? I you thought it was hilarious one thing, when St- when Steven says. Are you gonna wrestle in your costume? <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> I, I I popped for that. That that was that was heelish, Stevens, and I loved seeing that come through. Okay, go ahead, DK. I'm sorry.
0: That's the personality that Kevin's talking about missing. And so, yeah, I, I, I actually thought the same thing. I go, that's actually more of a heelish statement than a uh, than a babyface statement.
2: He can't but,
0: help himself. You know, when it comes exactly. When it comes to
1: the end of, what is uh, no, he's frozen though. Am I frozen? You're you're I free you now. You're you're free now. Real quick. Lamb Lam says the only real tag team who won the titles were the Rock and Roll Express. How about bringing them back? Jay would love to see them. I'm like, nope. And, and, and Kevin would like it even least less.
0: <laughs> it only hurt for a little while.
1: Okay, sorry, but, DK. Finish your thoughts, uh, I'm sorry.
0: That's okay. The, the point was, the end... First of all, I don't know why he needed to come in so dressed up. At one point, the hood almost fell off. So, yes, we do know who it is. And no, they can't just easily say it was somebody else. So, uh, you know, Boogie comes in and hits Crimson with brass knucks uh okay Uh, they would rather continue that feud than they would you know getting a real tag team on the you know uh, getting tag team titles on a real tag team i can't figure it out i don't know why they hate tag team wrestling Uh, they just do kevin
2: brother Brother. I enjoyed this match I this was one of the few times that I found myself unable to like do something else uh, while the match was going on these are two teams yeah and these are two teams I would love to see just beat the dog living crap out of the Rock and Roll Express and show everybody how really old they are (laughs) um but, you know back, uh, I, I love I love uh, the exchange between Kratos and Jack Stane. I think that's the best position. Oh it's still up on my mouth. Um, <laughs> I think that's uh I think that's the best position you can put Kratos in. Um, I enjoy watching Crimson. I enjoy watching Aaron Stevens. It was just a a a, a group of talented wrestlers Mostly all in the ring together. I still think Kratos I, I, I'm gonna give Kratos a little bit of a pass just because it's not like he could have he can improve week to week um, What he needs to improve on will have to happen between That like la- this this series of matches or the series of, of shows in the pay-per-view and, and going forward so Again, uh, I felt like, you know, he was a little bit of a notch below the other guys in the ring in just in terms of overall. And again, like I said, I hope I don't have to run into him and tell that to his face. Um, <laughs> I would, but it wouldn't be fun. <laughs> so, all in all, I enjoyed the match and you I, and I don't know Jay, if you were unhappy with the finish, like DK, I wasn't. I I wasn't. It doesn't bother the finish didn't bother me too much just because they've already built something between uh, Slice Boogie, Jack Stane, Crimson. Um, Again, I've kind of moved a little more in favor of Slice Boogie. Um, I give him a little bit of a pass just because some of the ways he's been used hasn't been that great. Uh, Again, I still kind of like I would say about uh, Kratos, there's certain professional... Aspects of his game that need to be tuned up, but there's a lot. There's a lot there to potentially to be a really, really major player on the show. So I liked it. I liked the segment. I enjoyed it. I got to see some wrestling, and um, you know, I got to see some hard hitting, and I'm always a big fan of that. I I think
1: my the biggest problem I had with the match was the actual finish, but it didn't it didn't turn me off. If that makes sense, um, you know. I don't want to sit here and nitpick booking but like I don't understand why you're having a feud between a tag team wrestler and a singles wrestler that really there's no there's no benefit here like there the, this match this this hostility between the three people here should have ended after that uh, after biggie excuse me uh, after boogie. One in his uh, no DQ match. There's no reason for him to keep going after them, um, with the exception that maybe he has a tag team partner in mind, uh, uh, maybe a fella from Hollywood by the name of, uh, you know, uh, Papa Pop- Esco. and maybe they plan on bringing the Bodega to the NWA, and that would be a feud that they could kick off with. Uh, if that's the plan, then I'm all on, I'm all aboard. But if that's not the plan, I don't really get why this is still continuing to happen. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, if you're looking at uh, if you're looking at Jack Stain as a potential feud with with uh, Slice Boogie, it's like, well, Jack Stain's focus should be trying to get those tag team titles. So it just doesn't make sense to me. But other than that, I thought the match was really good. Uh, the best showing we've seen um, Kratos and Stevens have. And even though that they weren't on the same page, they still got the W, which is all that matters. Um can I? Oh,
2: yeah, go, go ahead. ahead Keep going. No, no. Well, I was just gonna throw in there that um, actually one thing that Devin said that really did make a lot of sense too is that you know for the most part they should just wrestle like just wrestling stuff and then have like these little moments where where you can tell there's dissension. I think that carries more weight, especially it matches up with the promo where Stevens is like, "Well, he's just immersing it." And I think I think that he should care a whole lot less about the way Kratos acts because that's that's just what he is. And so then the, there actually would be a little bit of a dynamic in the relationship. So I, I, I agreed with Devin, that if a little bit less of it where you just have little things, that way we get more quality wrestling. Sorry, Jay.
1: No, that's good. Um, are you guys ready with moving on?
0: Uh, well, the one thing I'll add is that my issue with the finish wasn't that somebody outside came and interfered. It's a continuation of the boogie dang crimson thing, which I just assumed get behind us. Unless, like you said, they bring a pop that ass go. But even then, it was like, should have done that to start with. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: And uh, so that's my issue. Uh, and then it's gonna be amplified a little bit when we talk about the battle royale.
1: So then that brings us to the first commercial of the night, which, For the first time, they actually, in a long time, they're advertising merchandise, and it's a blowout sale, 40% off. Time to buy, fellas! Um, A lot of the merchandise that they're selling is from talent that is no longer with the company. Saw a few uh, Eli Drake t-shirts, and I think I saw a James Storm shirt, but uh, besides all that, if you're an NWA fan, now's the time to buy. Go to the merch store at nwa.com, or whatever it is. And that brings us up to uh, our boy... Our best pal, buddy, old friend, the real world's champion, the dealer, Nick Aldis, at the podium with Kyle Davis, who, uh, Aldis is kind of, uh, being coy, talking about he's the puppet master, he makes people dance, got Kyle Davis to do the Alex Wunderkid, Alex Wright, uh, the Wunder, Das Wunderkid dance, and, and, um, and then, uh, obviously this seems blown away when we find out that um, we find out that uh, Trevor Murdoch is going to be in the Battle Royal kind of like the world's worst kept secret uh, doesn't sit well with the champ. DK what were your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, I mean as far as the promo goes in general I, I liked it I again I find this entertaining I thought this was one of his more entertaining uh, promos I don't necessarily like his interactions so much with like Kyle Davis especially Joe Galley. Uh, <laughs> Kyle is fine again but you know like when he was mad at Joe later when he started the exhibition thing you know no nobody cares nobody wants to see Nick Aldous versus Joe galley and so you know let's let's stop having uh You know, let's stop having cubes with announcers. Can can we just make that promise, please? Uh, You know, Murdoch, uh, I don't know why he acted like it was the worst thing in the world. you know what's the thing brings out it's almost like he's scared of him or something uh also didn't he was surprised that murdoch was going to be in there because it was only 28 days and he was supposed to be suspended for 30 so they brought him back too early two days early uh maybe that's why he was so surprised obviously nobody else was surprised i think we all called it when he was suspended and we didn't even know about the battle royals yeah (laughs) But but i think we all still knew so uh I I don't know. I, I don't want to get bogged down. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed the show. And uh you know, the promo was no uh, in the general, so it was a good Nicolas's promo. Kevin
2: I thought it was kind of funny watching the dance thing and Nicolas dancing. Um
0: proof that white men have
2: no rhythm especially that white man um (laughs) i i'm kind of done with nick aldis the puppet master and all that um devin you said something about this early on in the season one of the earlier episodes where you just said i'm not a big fan of that um and the more it goes on, the less I like it because I just think it doesn't, it's not good for the show, for people to get the impression that that he has something to do with the booking and stuff. Um, I don't even know why we need that storyline in in the story, if you catch my drift. Like there's a hundred things else we could be talking about um, for, to DK's probably liking the title, the championship, fighting for fighting and wrestling. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't like that, but I do, I do like, I do like all this on the mic. He's, he's hilarious at times. Um, you know, I think he's started to definitely lean Distinctively as a heel, whereas a few, you, you know, here and there we've kind of wondered. And uh, I'm I'm hoping to see a shakeup in strictly business. So we'll that's get- all I got. I, I mean, it was okay. It was okay. wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad.
1: And that leads us to the match. And of course, we knew this was going to be a uh, what? I mean, they called it a uh, exhibition match. All this says, you know, look at his track record. He's known for making stars. Um, I, I don't really know what star he made, but this was like his third exhibition match on Power. Uh, the fir- or I guess it actually is the fourth, because his match with uh, with um, uh, Trevor Murdoch on Episode 7 was an exhibition match. And his match with uh, Ricky Starks was an exhibition match. And in his match with Jordan Clearwater, that was supposed to happen but didn't happen was scheduled as an exhibition match. And, you know, I, I, as a World's Heavyweight Champion, I get that not every single opponent is going to be an A-lister, but I don't know, I don't understand why you keep going with that exhibition feel. Um, the match itself was pretty good. Uh, Mims got some decent offense in, but at the end of the day, what happened was supposed to happen. The World's Heavyweight Champion was going to walk away victorious. He, he let Mims get in some offense, but really it was all all this. And, uh, I mean, he he hit the Michinoku driver, followed up with the pile driver, did the elbow off the top, and then did the sharpshooter, excuse me, not the sharpshooter, but the Kingslands cloverleaf, and that obviously was the end. Uh, DK, what did you think about this match, and and what were your thoughts?
0: Well, I am not fond of the exit that they stress as an exhibition match. And for the first time, they actually kind of gave the exhibition match a definition in that they said it was just going to be like a five-minute match. A uh, five-minute exhibition, which, okay, sure, your your others weren't that short, but sure. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. When you say it's an exhibition, it, Here's a story for you guys. Here, here's some history. You're gonna get a history lesson today. If you ever go back, and you watch some of the old wrestling shows, especially like uh, WWF in Madison Square Garden, or even further back, WWF in Madison Square Garden, you know, how Finkel will, I don't he'll say something about tonight's exhibitions. Exhibitions was a way to get around saying worked. That they were worked things. Because they weren't real pro matches, they were worked, and so they were called exhibitions. And so, to me, kind of in a different way, when you go, hey, it's an exhibition exhibition match, you're saying, hey, this is an important and you don't really need to pay attention to it because we have other matches and then here's the exhibition okay i, I don't know that's what you want i don't like i don't think you want to say here's your world champion in an unimportant match so as for the match itself it was short there was some good back and forth for it shortness that needed to be short uh you know, it was good for
2: where it was. I didn't have problems with it. Gavin? I thought it, I I really thought the match was a waste of TV time. A valuable TV time. I also want to go back to also say Nick Aldis and whatever he's got or trying to have with Joe Galli is dumb. I can't imagine Ric Flair ever caring about what an announcer thought of him. Or what an announcer did. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ric Flair had a huge feud with Tony Schiavone. For all I know, (laughs) but Devin probably knows more than I do. But my, I I thought that was cheesy. And then I think, and and no offense to Mims, but like this, I've seen way too much Mims and not enough of the of the of some of their better talent. No offense, like I don't mean this in any disrespect to Mims at all. Like I don't. I'm just talking about it as a fan watching the show. Um, That's not like a man-to-man shot. It just... I'd have rather seen Mims in a match against... A competitive match, not an exhibition for the world championship. Or against the world champ. And like Jay said, this has been overplayed, way played out. So, I, I, I didn't understand it. I don't know what they were trying to... What the point was of having a match like that. I don't get it. I mean, there's just too many good, talented wrestlers on the roster that could have had a competitive match, not a whatever that was.
0: Well, I think some of this is you really see how impacted their roster and small it was for this set of tapings. Because, you, you know, we have seen Mims a lot. We have seen, uh, what's his name? R- the Rocket Dude,
1: Marche Rocket.
0: And, yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and for people who don't get it, my when I pretend I don't know names, it's my way of saying that I don't really know how much people care about this particular thing that they're doing. And gee whiz, you know, I I have nothing against enhancement Match. Yeah, but I would have rather seen, to Kevin's point, I would have rather seen Mims versus Clearwater. I guess they sent him home after the first night because we never saw him again.
1: No, oh, he's in the Battle Royal.
0: Was he? Oh, yeah. uh, I totally. Well, then why weren't they using him more? And then, you know, and why couldn't he have been in a match with Mims that would have been on a level that. You know, could have been competitive and you weren't necessarily sure who was going to win and they could have gotten some good back and forth I mean these short matches it's not like the young guys learning anything from the veteran in the short match so you know if, if you're putting them in there and they're going 7, 8, 10 minutes you know at least the the young guy has a chance to learn but he doesn't have a chance to learn in this you know 2 minute squash so put him in with clear water let them you know, let them work out some of the greatness together.
1: And, and, you know, and this is one of those shows that had, you know, three really good matches. Um, you know, like they could have left this match off and no one would have really missed it. Um, to your point, if it would have been Clearwater versus Mims or Boogie versus Mims or, you know, I that would have made a lot more sense. You're right. There's no denying that. And, and, and to your point, the squash matches... Uh, or enhancement matches. I mean these things need to happen anyways. This is how you build up talent. If Latimer went out there and squashed the hell out of Mims, that would have been entertainment. That would have been served a purpose. This match served no purpose. So I totally agree with you uh, uh, both. And uh um, And I
2: agree and I agree with Terry McDermott that Latimer needs to be featured more. I've been saying this since episode forever ago. <laughs>
0: episode one
2: <laughs> well even back to last season I felt like no I said
0: episode
2: a, one yeah the dude is a you, beast you
0: were, with it, but you were saying it
2: <laughs> man like when him and they had that tag match where it was like him and maybe the old guy that he tagged with versus uh, Tim Storm and Trevor Murdoch man I thought I was gonna come out of my seat man they were out there just blasting each other man I'm Ah yes. Anyway, anyway, carry on, guys. Okay, so that
1: that brings us to what I'm going to call right now. Well, I'm skipping the School of Morton commercial because we talked about it last week, and we know that they're we know that they're using Kevin's old commercial, his old videos to to be the format for this. So we'll just move on, and we'll talk about Camille versus Thunder Rosa, which, for my opinion, this this isn't just the best match. This season, it's not just the best match of power. This might be the best match the NWA's had since Billy Corgan purchased it. And I know that's saying a lot, but I really, how can you say Camille, who to me is an up and coming superstar, right? She's a superstar. She's, she literally, Kevin said it, I think, back on episode like 10. Oh, she's going to be a superstar. Watch. She's going to be somebody. Uh, Thunder Rosa is probably one of the best workers on the planet right now. And I really enjoyed this match. There was a little bit of silliness involved with the whole wardrobe malfunction. We all could have done without that. But this match legitimately went 20 minutes. You could see Thunder Rosa working some submission holds because she is an MMA fighter. Um, You know, Melina eats a clothesline in all of it. Uh, but I thought this was really good, and it, it made me respect Camille a lot more because of the punishment that she took. And uh, you know, I'm not going to stand on circumstances, Kevin. You're a worker. You're a damn good worker. What did you think of this match?
2: Well, I I'm not I'm certainly not going to argue with you that it was probably one of the best matches that we've seen on the NWA. Period. Um and I and like I said about Camille early on, you know when you see somebody getting quantitatively better uh each match, each out outing each promo, when you see when they were off for the pandemic, she did a figure competition to get her body in better shape. Um, I mean, sorry, but those are the those are the things that champions are made of. And though she may not have been there right off the bat, the, the the thing I like about Camille is that she does not rest on the fact that she's the most physically gifted wrestler on the roster. She's continually building on that. And honestly, you know the other thing that I that we aren't bringing up is the impress is how impressive her and Taryn Terrell have been as a as a little mini kind of mini team. Um, Camille hasn't fought it one bit. She's rolled with it, and to me that shows a little humor. It shows that again. It shows a little bit of a willingness to work with people. Um, again, I, I, I'm just I, I said I'm 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 really high on what. We're gonna see from her going forward if she keeps in the trajectory she's at. As far as I have a lot to say about this match, so maybe if, if I go too much, just butt in. But um, Thunder Rosa, obviously, we all know how I feel. Is her husband in the in the uh, in the chat right now? I don't want to get mad at me. <laughs> and also, of course, for those of you who don't know, uh, my wrestling trainers and best friends work with Thunder Rosa. Uh, at her training school and they're the head there they have their training school down there as well Dog Pound Dojo at least I think that's right um, yeah Dog Pound Wrestling so Dojo so the last thing I want is my uh, my own friends coming after my neck um, but I felt like that as good as this match was they left so much on the table that it could have been a match that we're talking about for like match of the year in any wrestling promotion that's that's what they left on the table what they gave us was one of the best matches we've seen if not the best match we've seen in the NWA which is again is that me talking bad about them not at all but what I'm saying is, is what I saw left on the table was the match that we all go, oh my God. Uh, who saw that match coming? Because it had all the components. And let me tell you why. There was a moment in the match where they had a false finish where Camille went for the spear. Right? Remember that? Yeah. Thunder Rosa rolls her up. Do not tell me you weren't thinking that Thunder Rosa was going to get the three count there, possibly.
0: Did anybody so, uh, else I'm think?
2: I'm Same. And we got a false finish out of that. And I was like, yes, that that's wrestling, DK. That's suspended disbelief right there. That's when we as, as meticulous people watching the match so we can talk about it on our show, go, uh, uh, oh, got me. That's what I want as a fan. I want you to get me over and over and over again. That's what I want. And they could have done that in this match. And do you want me to tell you why it didn't happen? I told you in the chat, but I'm going to tell you guys. Spoiler, I'm going to tell you guys. Because Thunder Rosa didn't work with Camille enough. Thunder Rosa's the vet. She is as good as any wrestler I've seen in the last five years in terms of what she can accomplish and what she can do. And I have... In a, very, in a very similar, I'm not going to try to compare myself to Thunder Rosa, but I've been in a position where I was one of the best workers in in an entire region, and I got a tryout with a big time company, and I didn't work with the other guy, and I didn't get a contract, because I thought me showing them how dominant I was, was going to show, impress them, but they weren't impressed with that, and Ted DiBiase, who was my agent, said, you, you need to go back to the drawing board. Oh, and I did. And next thing you know, the next big match I had after that was against Daniel Bryan. And it's a match that I've been probably going to be remembered for. So I'm saying that early on in the match, when Thunder Rosa was smothering Camille, I agree that it's the time for the shine. I I get it, but I just think they could have chose a better, a better approach for that period of the match. I felt like that it had Thunder Rosa led Camille better, which again, that's the responsibility of being the best worker on the on the planet, Jay. That's the responsibility, DK, of being the best worker on the planet. Is you are the one responsible for making that match great, especially when we know that Camille is a little bit of a green wrestler, but we all know she's got super talent. So, again awesome match but i felt like the moment we had with that false finish we could have had five more of those and we could have had a finish like that too and had we had that we're all talking about this as the match that might have saved the nwa the match that might be putting the nwa on the map on the level of other wrestling promotions so again love the match but man mm, they were so close
1: real quick i want to point out something that uh Kakushi in the chat said he said why why should they give it away for free pay for the match of the year on the pay-per-view does that change your thoughts at all Kev?
2: no because because sometimes you can't control that sometimes you just it's just there and you're not you want to always have match of the year on the pay-per-view but sometimes on a pay-per-view it's not there and in that moment, in that match, it was there. It just needed to be squeezed out. And again, remember, aren't we trying to sell a pay-per-view, Jay? Yeah. Maybe. Right. Right. So <laughs> a match, match of the year. Are, are, are they trying to sell it?
0: Because I don't know okay, that they okay, are. Because, okay, because Point, of the,
2: but Stop, stop.
0: Let, let me push Kevin out of the way because he's talked for okay. a long time now. Go ahead. And so, you know, here's here's the thing I I haven't had a chance to say this in a long time but you know once again Kevin was wrong and uh, and let me give you my views and you know obviously these boil down to views right so there's not right or wrong but these boil down to views but let me tell you how I view it differently than how Kevin did Uh, I agree with Jay and that was probably the best match the NWA's put out during the Billy Corgan era it was legit 20 minutes because when they rang the bells that had been a, been a draw, I was actually a little bit shocked because it didn't feel like 20 minutes to me. And I actually, and I was watching it live, so I couldn't go back. So I actually waited for the thing to get back on there so I could go back and I timed it. And it was 20 minutes exactly, bell to bell. Wow. And, and for those of you who don't know there are a lot of 60 minute draws out there that only went about 45. and uh this is the way i looked at it when i was watching the match and this is probably one of the differences between kevin and i kevin watches as a worker does and so he's like really paying attention and knows stuff like that this was a match that turned me back into a fan. Just, you know, I got into it. I liked it. Kevin talked about that moment when the, you know, with the false finish when Thunder Rosa rolled her up. I mean, I groaned out loud and, you know, kind of got out of the chair for a second and dropped back in it when that happened. I don't know the last time something like that happened when I was watching a wrestling show. And, it was, I felt, and one of the things we discussed in the match, I felt like they wrestled the way you would think that they really would if this had been a real contest. The experienced wrestler showed up the green wrestler at the beginning. She's going to outwalk her. She's going to be smarter than her. She's going to do those things. She is going to kind of make her look a little bit, uh, wait a minute here didn't matter Camille found a way she persevered she powered through then she started hitting her power moves and then that went for a while then Rosa was a veteran she took back over doing a lot of the same things you know the get behind with the leg takedown you know these are things that you might actually see in a you know actual match these were all real and I really didn't analyze the match. I mean, absolutely did not analyze I just watched it. And I really, really, really enjoyed it. And I thought it was really, really good. And I'm kinda like, you know, was it last week at Thunder Rosa had the match with Genocide it was like, you could just kinda tell the two of them didn't click. Well, in this match, you could tell the two of them did click. I might see uh, I man you of know, constant scar if you don't watch it there. <laughs> so anyway magic
2: spoon kokushi has my back
0: you know, <laughs> he needs he needs deep dark psychological help <laughs> anyway. Getting back to the match itself, you know, this is one of those things that now you don't know what's in. This is why I'm griping about the pay per view. It's like, because now you are left with this and you're like, okay, now what? That's what they were, now what? And we don't have another show till the pay per view. And is the women's champion supposed to be at the pay per view I don't know, I haven't heard. Originally, there were people talking like she would be, but I don't know. Are they gonna have a rematch at the pay per view I don't know. Uh, You know, what's going on? So now they've had this really great match. And so, and I have no idea what the follow-up is to it. So that's gonna be my complaint. Match is excellent. Match was great. So you know now what you know what you know you you haven't talked me into buying the pay per view yet, and we'll we'll talk about the one thing that makes me sort of want to, but a little bit later. But for right now, I just I don't know. Great match, Jay. What did you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm going to echo your sentiment, DK. This was. And like what Kevin said early on about the tag match where he just was able to focus in on the match, like I got put down my phone. I stopped texting people. I stopped sending instant messages. I watched the match, and I sat there for 20 minutes. And again, I don't know what uh, what vehicle out there I, right now in any form of entertainment that has me putting down my phone for 20 minutes and just focusing on the match. So for that, I salute them. For that, I you know I tip my cap. Uh, I do agree with what Kevin said. I, I think they could have done a little bit more with it. But at the same time, after what we've had for the last six weeks, eight weeks, like this was gold. And I was very happy to have it. I think it puts, you know, Kevin says they could have put a match up, put the entire women's wrestling on notice. But I, I really think that that's what they did. and And what a great way for Camille to come out. Because that pay-per-view, although it was a good match, it wasn't uh, it wasn't career-defining. This match, she even though even though Thunder Rosa was the veteran, even though Thunder Rosa had a lot more uh, a, a greater skill set, she looked good. That's probably the best she's ever looked in a very competitive match. And uh, to, to what what uh DKM said, no, they didn't really address the the elephant in the room because because it ended in the time limit draw both women still look strong Thunder Rosa still can go wrestle in AEW but let's not forget that that makes Camille still the number one contender and that is not up for debate she is still the number one contender Fight is advertising Serena Deep at When Our Shadows Fall that match should be the match that's made it should be Serena Deep versus uh, uh, Camille period that's what the match was set for that's what it is now, whether they go through with that, that will remain to be seen. And DK, I don't know that we have something next week for certain, but I did see that um, uh, May Valentine on Twitter said that they had some surprises in store for us on next Tuesday. So I don't know if that means a power surge. I don't know if that means that we're going to get like a 10 pounds of gold. I don't know what we're going to get. But uh, that there should be something on, on Tuesday for us to wet our beaks on. Um, are we good with moving on? Yep.
2: Well, I actually want to say one quick thing. Yeah, go for no. um, it. I do want to be very clear that I I agree with all like with all all of it, like both of you guys, and probably the, the the consensus that the match was really good. It's. I just want to express. I just wanted to express that, like this match had the potential to be something that you just go man like I was there that night I remember when that happened and I'm not saying it can't happen in the future because the fact that they're that close says that what we've been saying all along is the talent is there just let them go out there and be what they are
0: yeah see to me the match was already there I mean I I guess that's where we're differing you're saying it could have been more to me I'm saying it's was everything it needed to be
1: and that brings us to the main event and a boy like me from southern california where battle royals have dominated the wrestling scene for pretty much its entirety some people might even say that the battle royal originated in the grand olympic auditorium i don't know if that's true or not but the battle royals have always been significant out here in southern California. Even to this day, we have Championship Wrestling from Hollywood doing the Red Carpet Rumble. My friend Kevin was in a few of those uh, over the years. So the Battle Royals, I love Battle Royals. I know what, uh, I I get what our World's Heavyweight Champion says that, you know, the title shouldn't, the challenger shouldn't be decided in a Battle Royal. I think there's no better way to freshen up a stale environment, uh, freshen up new challenges than with a Battle Royal. So I was excited for this, although I think it was a foregone conclusion. I think we all knew what was going to happen. However, the NWA, as it is, always invents new things to keep things on, keep us on our feet. The fact that this battle royal—it uh, didn't matter what part of your foot touched the the outside of the ring. Once you were, even your foot touched the outside of the ring, you were considered eliminated. You didn't have to go over the top rope, which made things a heck of a lot easier than trying to eliminate a guy like Tyrus who's such a big behemoth that you're probably never going to get him off his feet if he doesn't want to. And um, I, I kind of dug it. And if you guys don't mind, I'm going to kind of go through it just a little bit because I love Battle Royale so much. I took notes um, in a 14-man Battle Royale elimination that actually turned out to be 16 men. Uh, in order of elimination, we had Sauronaro being eliminated by Tyrus. We had Paro eliminating his tag team partner, Odinson. We had Jack Stane eliminating Paro. We had Marche Rocket eliminating Jeremiah Plunkett. We had Tom Latimer eliminating Mims. Latimer also eliminated Marche Rocket. Crimson eliminated Fred Rosser. Tyrus eliminated Jordan Clearwater. Jack Stane accidentally eliminated Crimson. Uh, Trevor Murdoch eliminated Jack Stane. Trevor Murdoch then eliminated uh, Slice Boogie. Latimer eliminated Matt Cross the combined efforts of Latimer, Adonis and even the Pope eliminated Tyrus, Adonis eliminated Latimer and Murdoch eliminated Adonis giving us Trevor Murdoch with the most eliminations at 3, Tom Latimer in second place with 2.5 and And then Tyrus and Jack Stane both having 2 eliminations. I I love Battle Royals, this was a foregone conclusion, we knew it was going to happen the rules didn't really take me out of my element, although I didn't like them, um, but it was still fun. I still enjoyed it. Dcam, what were your thoughts on the Battle Royal?
0: You know, I got two things to say. First thing is, if you combine the time of the Battle Royal, Aldous and Mims, and the World Tag Team title match, they were around 16 minutes. So they were actually combined shorter than the ladies match. So says a lot for the lady. Says bad things about the battle royal, and I didn't like it. it. I rated the show a solid B plus, and what kept it in the B area was this battle royal. Uh, don't lie to me. Don't tell me. Oh, this is under NWA rules. Those were never NWA rules. Maybe in the early days of battle royals, those were some rules. I don't know, but I've been around wrestling hardcore since '81. Followed an on-off since '77. Those have never been the battle royal rules. That they don't have to go over. T- some of them, you can pin them. Some of them, you can submit them in the ring, but never oh, uh, any way they go out, any small part of a foot touches, they're out. Never been the case, so don't lie to me. Okay? So that's the first part. Second part. uh, We already got one tag team that has problems. Stop giving me a second. (laughs) Three. (laughs) Or even a third one, because I don't really remember... That accidental elimination
1: or not. Oh, yeah. Dave Scooby wants to point out, and I forgot to mention this because it was pretty controversial that Adonis, Chris Adonis, forfeited the national championship to be a part of this. I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that, which was kind of crazy in and of itself. I know you, DKM, I know you have thoughts on that too, so uh, I just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Yeah, it was on my list. I just hadn't gotten to it yet. But yes, good point, Dave. Uh, look so anyway yeah the tag team thing they hate tag games it's obvious uh, stop okay plain simple stop <laughs> and uh, then it, what is about the NWA we, we were talking offline a little bit about self depreciating humor and there's a difference between that and you know, people who talk poorly about themselves in a convinced way. Why does the NWA feel a need to like you know, oh, a stipulation for the match is you have to wrestle with us. You can't go elsewhere. <laughs> because because we know that you would want to go elsewhere if you were given the opportunity. And so now we have a guy. I mean, two weeks ago they screwed us out of a tag team title match. Where the two people are who are supposed to be getting title match are looking at Nick Aldis like, "What the hell, dude? What are you doing?" And now we have Adonis willingly give up his his national title. So obviously, the national title means nothing because I'm willing to give it away just for a shot at protecting Nick Aldis. Title don't know, mean anything. Protecting Nicole is so far more important. I mean, there's no talk about money being exchanged. Hey, you know, I gave him $10,000. You know? Or I gave him $50,000 or whatever. It was just, I uh, don't no, loyal. He did the right thing. No, he was an idiot. Trevor Murdoch was an idiot. They booked him as an idiot. Now you're booking Adonis as an idiot. And at the end, they kind of booked Uh, oldest as an idiot. So I guess they're all on equal footing. They're all idiots.
1: (laughs) Strictly idiots. So,
0: so, uh, yeah. So now the question is... And
2: and just to help you out there, DK, I mean, and you haven't had Latimer speak up one time to demand what he really deserves, so maybe they're making him look like an idiot too.
0: Camille has been more open about her and Latimer should be on their own and be a power couple and blah, stuff like that and ah, golly people what (laughs) so yeah uh, I didn't enjoy it I mean when they got down to the three who were left in it I knew exactly what was going to happen I I mean I even knew which one was going to accidentally knock the other one out And so we all knew who was going to win before the Battle Royal was announced. We all, once Adonis came out, we all knew who the final three were going to be. And when we saw the final three, we all knew how it was going to end. And so, and meanwhile, Nick Aldis is over at the announce table, screeching like a Japanese (laughs) schoolgirl. Oh, my gosh. You know, his daddy should have spent the 50 cents. And... Right. I don't know. Uh, on otherwise excellent show, the Battle Royal, you know, took it down a grade. And... The the only thing I enjoyed was the end where all this kind of sends off Adonis and and Latimer and then attacks Murdoch and Murdoch gets the best of them. I mean, just some good old babyface finally getting a little bit of revenge on the on the heel. I like that. And so, well, you know, uh, Murdoch gave his emotional interview at the end and then we'll talk a little bit about our predictions for them. Kevin
2: mm-hmm.
0: did you love it? Was it your favorite?
2: So so spoiler alert anybody know why they probably had it where you don't have to go over the top rope to get eliminated?
0: I figured it was, was- so Pope could come out and pull uh, and pull what's his name out
2: Nope. Why,
0: No. They know I'm
2: Because no, Tyrus can't go over the top rope. Yeah,
1: yeah, that yep. makes sense.
2: Yeah, that's why they they made that rule specifically because Tyrus can't go over the top rope. He made something. But but that but I I think it kind of goes to you guys' point though of his criticism of the criticism of him just even being in the ring if if the guy can't do the most basic thing and actually hurts the matches, hurts a match with all the rest of the wrestlers are being are being limited because of him um, to me, like I said, I've, I've probably been the biggest defender of Tyrus uh, overall, but to me this was a part that really exposed the, the in a way, this really hurt what could have been a much better battle royal if we'd have had some real battle royal rules. But that I agreed uh, that, that I knew it was gonna happen. I called it weeks ago. Um, you know, just kind of to me it felt like I'm back I went from back from the real wrestling world watching Thunder Rosa and Camille back to the Twilight Zone. I'm like oh, we're back here again. And so it felt like. And like DK said, I think it it, it brought the show's credibility level down. Uh, brought it back down to you know where it, where it usually is. So I don't mean to be too negative because I really enjoyed this this show, but I thought the Battle Royal was. I just, I, it was, I went from watching the TV to like, okay, let's fast forward. Is what I think is going to happen happening? Yep. Okay. Cool. Next, we'll see the pay-per-view. That's all I got.
1: Maybe, maybe I thought maybe I'm the eternal optimist because I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought that was, uh, I thought that was an interesting way to do it. Um, I mean, look the results. The results are what the results are. But, I I mean, you got to see Latimer in there beating up people. You got to see Adonis in there beating up people. You got to see, uh, you know, Jax. Man, looking Jax and and Tyrus, I I know, again, that's the two big heavyweights. I'm surprised that didn't get to you a little bit, Kevin. I'm surprised you weren't more excited about that. But um, we all knew it was going to happen. And that's, I mean, I, I think that's the most telling point of the whole show is, you know, how how ballsy would it have been if they would have put the belt, you know put that match with Tyrus or made that match with Latimer or surprised everyone and make it be Matt Cross they had so many different options they could have went with and and I'm not saying that Trevor Murdoch is the wrong option I'm just saying that was telegraphed we all saw it coming and uh to DK's point I didn't like to see you know, tag team partners eliminating tag team partners. I mean, they look like buffoons. Mm-hmm. And Jack Stain deserves better than looking three like a times. buffoon.
0: It happened three times.
1: Yeah. And so not only do they look like buffoons, but it's a, a recycled formula that they did in the same match three times. So even though with all these problems, the show is still leaps and bounds better than it was episode one of this return season and like I said we got one of the best matches in the history of the lightning one era of the NWA so for that I'm happy with it we were all giving it our grades offline and I I told these guys I thought this was easy and a um because it is it's just so much better than the other two Kevin what what was your letter grade for this show
2: um I gave it a b And compare, okay, if I compared it to itself in a vacuum, like for the NWA power era, it was an A. But for like just an overall wrestling show, if I were to compare it to like contemporary wrestling shows, um, it's definitely, it was definitely a B, which is a compliment. I mean, I don't mean that as a not, just, uh, yeah. Is a compliment because they've had some bad shows on this season. <laughs> nope. And I really felt like this was, I felt like this was the first one. The, these last two shows uh, were actually somewhat wrestling shows. And, but again, I, you know, that, that's, I gave, I gave it a B because I'm just being real that they, they've got to If they want to be considered in the top echelon, um, they gotta take. They gotta take. They have to take. Know when to take themselves seriously, and when to not take themselves so seriously.
0: Hey, uh, Kevin, Kukushi yep. has a question for you in there.
2: Yeah, I see that. Uh, I'm gonna answer it on here instead of type it. He said, "Hey, modern day hero, have you ever worked a promotion that had a good undercard, but the top of the card is a bunch of fat, talentless people who are <laughs> who are the promoter and his voice? Actually, Kakushi, that was about three quarters of my matches on the independent scene. Uh, I made my way upstaging those matches, having the best match on the show and not getting put in the main event, coming to the back and the main event being mad at me that, oh brother, you didn't leave anything out there. And I'm like, y'all weren't going to go out there and do nothing. <laughs> so whatever, man. So, yeah, it happens a lot on the independents, and I'm sure DK and Jay can actually attest to that because they've been to plenty of independent shows, and they've probably seen that exact same thing happen.
0: <laughs> I got a story to go.
1: You froze, Where DK.
0: Kevin faced... Am I
1: You're freezing. You're fr- ah!
0: Hello. Am I back yet?
1: Yeah, you're good. Go. Okay.
0: In, uh, on the same show that uh, Kevin and Cahagas uh, wrestled for the junior heavyweight national title thing, uh, the main event was uh, Tim Storm, actually, and uh, I believe it was Mike Fox, who was well known here in Texas. Was it not Mike, or was it somebody
2: else? No, no, I'm just I'm shaking my head because I remember when we weren't the main event and i'm like you guys what in the hell excuse my language
0: did you hear did you hear what the fans were saying at, after the when when those two came out
2: uh, prob- uh no no i didn't tell me dk because i was probably t- taking a shower or something
0: <laughs> the fans were telling the two of them just do a quick roll up because you can't follow that oh yeah brother
2: <laughs> story of my career
0: they did put on like a five-minute match. That was okay. Kahegas came back out and interfered because he had a storyline with Tim Storm. But it was just... I mean, I just i just remember the band. The group was actually next to me, but it was being yelled from all across the plane.
2: Roll up! Just do a roll up! You can't compete! You can't follow that! You know what's funny, DK? Um, Texas was the only place typically that I wasn't the main event as world champion. Every other place I went, when we wrestled, like, like anytime I wrestled Chase Owens, it was, I mean, marquee, built up, huge. But every other place I went, in general, I was the main event. Uh, big, big props to Dave Marquez, because whenever I, when I was out there as champion, like, they made a big deal out of me being champion. But the funniest thing ever, in Texas, I would wrestle at NWA Houston, and the, the Texas champ would be the main event. And I'm over there wrestling semi-main. And I'm like... And they're like, oh, brother, you got 12 minutes. I said, I'm the freaking world champ. I'm going out there for 30. Stop me. And I'm about to blow the roof off this place. And if y'all don't like it, sorry. But sorry, anyway...
1: not sorry. It's
2: <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> anyway, carry on, guys.
0: Uh, that was a good thing. Uh... Jake, did you have anything else to say about the battle of the royal or the after after effects?
1: I really did like the um, impassioned uh, speech by why am I Trevor? by Trevor Murdoch? I I just drew a blank on that name. I could not come up with it. I really enjoyed the impassioned speech by Trevor Murdoch. I felt like it resonated. Um, you know, this is a story that although, I mean, they've been talking about uh, somebody who deserves a title and somebody who doesn't deserve the title and, you know, the good guy versus the bad guy. At the end of the day, these are two guys that sent, sat under the same tree, uh, the same learning tree of Harley Race. One of them was a student who literally broke the business on the back of Harley Race. The other guy was someone that Harley Race not only, um, Endorsed. I I don't. I don't get that terminology. But he had also participated in some seminars and things that Harley Race did. So, for this, for that moment where he said, "Gosh, I wish Harley was here," like that was that was pretty cool. And I think that's the best. That's the best promo I think we've gotten out of Trevor Murdoch since he won the national title. So for me, that was pretty special. And that I'm going to remember that going into the pay per view. Um, I think the fact that Aldis sent his two boys to take off, he literally said, "Get out of my sight," <coughs> and then went to attack. And went to attack uh, Trevor Murdoch. I thought was silly because you should have got the two guys who just messed up go redeem themselves by beating the crap out of your opponent at When Shadows Fall. But nevertheless, it was a good uh, feel-good moment to end the show. All this uh, laid out flat in the ring Trevor talked about Harley Race It was a feel good moment It gets you set up for the pay-per-view um, So I- I'm good with that I was good with that um, There's still no card for the pay-per-view We can't even give you predictions Because there's no card yet for the pay-per-view We know that we there's hmm. What's that DK? We have one match We've got one match and, I mean if I'm reading the tea leaves which no one's giving me any of this information but I would assume that you're gonna have a women's championship match and I, I don't think it's gonna be a triple threat I think it's gonna be Camille versus Serena deep and um, that's it that's all we know so far we don't even know that that's just an est- estimation it's a guess so we don't really we, we can't really give
2: you our picks um, but we can give you our predictions. Of what matches we think are going to happen. Let's hear it, Kev. You go first. I think we're going to see Pope and Tyrus again. Yep. I think we're going to see. I think I'm. I'm leaning towards a triple threat because I'm not going to count on NWA to do the the thing that that's smart. I'm going to let them count on the thing to do the thing that sounds cool. Um, anyways, in wrestling, if you're if you start an idea with it would be cool if blank. It's usually not a cool idea um, or a good idea. Um, it, it would be better if you said something like, it would make sense if or it would be good for the show or the fans if not, it would be cool. If. Um, I think those two, I think the tag, gosh, the tag matches, You. Might, uh, I know they're going to defend the titles on the on there. You might have something cheesy where they have like a, Oh, so this team, the War Kings and the End are going to fight to be the number one contender later on in the show. So I'm going to go with uh, the War Kings split up because that's what it looks like they're trying to do. And uh, the End fights uh, Aaron Stevens and an old boy. Uh, And then let's see. I got the, what do we have? The national title. They probably do the same thing they did with the T V title, have like a one night tournament for the to crown the champion. There you go, there's my predictions.
1: GK,
2: not bad what, predictions though.
1: DK, you wanna throw out your predictions?
0: Uh let's see. I predict that the tag team titles will be defended in a four corners match, but all the teams have to have issues. So that was let's see the world tag team champions uh adonis and uh Latimer uh dane and uh, crimson and you know we'll throw in paro and the in Otis and even though they didn't make a big deal out of it there was at least you know the elimination and the winning team has to split up
1: and that's, that's within the realm of logic for the NWA.
0: <laughs>
1: and so, let me see. What else
0: What else can we have? Uh, I do agree with the... Well, I agree with the title match with Tyrus in that it would make sense, but I almost wonder if they're saving Tyrus for title defense number seven. Because then that would be the big thing. Would Pope be able to go on and challenge... You know, all this, you know, trade in the title and challenge, all this, or would there be, or will, you know, Tyrus be the roadblock that he can't get past? So, one of those two things. Uh, any other? Uh, for the National Heavyweight Championship, uh, Matt Cross versus Mims. And for the World Heavyweight Championship. Trevor Murdoch wins, but we find out the next day that Aldous had been disqualified. And, and so the, they give the title back to Aldous so they can set up the replay. All joking aside, the only interest I have in this pay-per-view, which is extremely little, like I have not bought it, The only interest that I have in this pay-per-view is because the cat's already out of the bag. And I think this was done on purpose. I think they, they did this specifically so people might think this way. Is they have already, before the Battle Royal, they had already announced that there's a match between Aldis and Murdoch in July. And I forget the promotion. The promotion's not allowed to tape it, so I don't know if the NWA will tape it or not. And so there is a possibility of a hot shot.
1: Um, For the the record, July 24th at The Gathering, T-Mart promotions at The Hilton... In Charlotte, North Carolina, will be pre- pre- presenting a autograph signing as well as live wrestling that will be headlined between a featuring a rare NWA World Title match. NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Nicholas Trevor Murdoch. Now you can find that information at AllianceDashWrestling dot com or DKM can just give it to you. So.
0: And so, anyway, uh there's a chance of a hot shot. So we we might see a title change. And I honestly think that that's what they're, they're kind of counting on on this particular case. Uh, I have the theory, and then this is gonna be my part of goodbye. Uh, I have the theory that part of the reason that there has been no buildup to the pay-per-view outside of the world title match is because by the time, at the time they were filming this, was. Literally the night of and the next couple days after the last pay per view, they had no clue what they were going to have for the next pay per view.
2: So that's a good that, point. That's a good point, that, Devin. Because they some of these, some of the people they thought might be available might not be available. Yeah,
1: and, and I think I take it a step for uh, a step further, in that um, by not announcing any matches. It gives them a lot of flexibility for the talent that just recently had been released. I don't know how it measures up. I don't know when those 90-day compete clauses come up. But I think a lot of those uh, talents that were just recently released from the WWE, uh, I think that 90 days is, is just around the corner. So um, you could see some uh, some new faces. Uh, I don't know. They're
0: not available until July.
1: All right. Well, there goes that. But I do like uh, DKM's point about uh, the hot shot. I actually think that that would be an amazing thing for them to do, even if it's just temporary. Putting the belt on someone other than uh, 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 Nick Aldis, I think, for just even even momentarily, shows that there's a you know there could be a weakness and that that could be exploited, and that someone else could wear that title and not necessarily hurt the NWA. And I think, at this point in time, Nick Aldis has very little to prove as World's Heavyweight Champion. And he's done everything he can do as World's Heavyweight Champion until the NWA reaches his level. And I mean that without any uh, sarcasm. He's done everything he can do to carry this brand forward. They need to give someone else an opportunity to get that rub and make another sh- a strong, credible person within the NWA. Trevor Murdoch might be the best guy in the world to do that because of his lineage, because he's what what he's already done in the NWA. I think this is an opportune time to do it. And if it doesn't work, you have Jan- uh, July 24th to get the belt off of him. And if it does work, then you can have a series of matches, and maybe the next pay-per-view will be Trevor Murdoch versus Nick Aldis for uh, with a with a different caveat with Aldous being the challenger. Thanks again for tuning in to the Alliance Blog Podcast, our presentation of Alliance-Wrestling.com. We genuinely appreciate your support. Would you consider subscribing so you won't miss any future episodes? We'd also like to remind you that we do a live stream every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern. 2 p.m. Pacific on YouTube at The Alliance Blog. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, and Twitch at The Alliance Blog. Remember, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, add what is essentially your own. Thank
2: you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.